You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are finishing, concluding our coverage of season four of Nip Tuck. I can't believe we're all the way here at the finale of this episode. This is uh, um, episode 15, if you haven't realised that. Um, Carla Gallardo, uh, first out on the 12th of December 2006. Um, you know, directed by, of course, being a finale, it's a, it's a Ryan Murphy directed episode. You could have guessed that. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, getting into all this and, and finishing off this season. I'm Nick, and I'm consenting to this as a favour to you. And my name is Ben, and I'm only here because of my feminist guilt. <laughs> oh, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is, I think, we've talked about this whole season being, um, you know, underrated and this finale being a bit underrated. So I'm um, looking forward to kind of unpacking it and, and um, seeing if, if that ends up happening. One thing I think um, before we even get into this is that this is a really fast-paced finale. Like, it, it, it does really, like, it feels like we get to the meat of this episode pretty quickly, really. Yeah, it's, and it's this whole season's been a bit like that too, I want to say, like, you know, I feel like we were just here yesterday talking about, oh, season four's so good, we're going to defend it, and here we are, you know, basically on the cusp of maybe me making it a perfect season in terms of the buy-its, and you sort of only being two away there from, you know, doing that yourself, and I always feel that this is an underrated finale, uh, you know, I know I said that about season three's finale, which, you know, I was obviously very strong on, but I think kind of that's just what nip-tuck finales do for the most part, is they are very fast-paced, they're great, because I think kind of, you know, the first four finales, are like, they're all strong episodes, they're all great episodes of TV, um, and I just think that, you know, moving forward, our, I mean, you kind of have two finales next season, that's up to the debate, and then the finale finale, you know, there's, you know, many issues with those three episodes, if we're including the part one finale, so I just think that kind of, with these first four finales, you really don't have those issues, um, and just they are fast paced. So yeah, this is a great episode. Um, there's just some great scenes in it, which, you know, has, have this particularly one, I think that really kind of divides fans, which I've just really come around on so much and just absolutely love it. And I want to defend it as a possible top five moment for this season. Um, and yeah, just, just so much about this. It bookends so much of this season. It bookends kind of the first four seasons of Nip Tuck and really closes it off. Like you could have this as the series finale. And almost be satisfied with Nip Tuck ending this way. Like, really moving forward after this episode, it's almost a new show. So, um, yeah, uh, there's so much to go through in this episode, and it's just, yeah, such a great episode to watch and uh, hopefully hear discuss. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think you've kind of basically captured everything. It, um, this is really kind of a, 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 certainly an ending in some ways in, in terms of, you know, the end of the Miami um, section of, of Nip Tuck. Um, yeah, but, you know, it, I think it's a really good episode in and of itself. So, yeah, I think we can probably just kind of get straight into it. I mean, um, you know, we start off with uh, kind of Sean and he's um, packing up his house and, and the new buyers are there, which is kind of a, a weird thing. I, I don't know if that's normal that new buyers come in and they're um, they're, <laughs> they're basically getting rid of the evil spells. And, you know, it's quite funny because you know, Christian, Christian turns up and, um, you know, he kind of makes some kind of, oh, his, his ex-wife had six other midget in that room, so you might want to go in there and, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's all it's all very strange, but you know, like Sean's like, oh, well, they pay top dollar, so so that's okay. Um, yeah, and and you know, like we get this whole thing of um, you know, Sean's uh, sorry, Christian saying to him, oh, you are going to come back for the wedding, and Sean promises that he will. Um, and you know, and and uh, then obviously we get this big reveal of you know the new buyer say, oh, sort of the cleaner or whatever he is when he leaves, and of course the cleaner turns out to be Escobar, who's uh, 
desperate for their help and um that's kind of where we where we head into um as we go into the credits so it's um nice little hook you know just as we kind of go into the credits so straight away we're, we're getting into things quickly in this episode is it just me or does this couple really look like a sort of a young sean and julia i know uh, christian alludes to it like saying oh they remind me of you when you like you two first moved into it but i don't know i'm guessing that's deliberate because they really do look like uh sort of a younger um uh, sorry sean and julia so um it's it's kind of funny that but yeah i just i like that sort of real sort of tense music that's always playing throughout this and then just kind of the way it's played obviously you know finding out that he's going to los angeles as well but um you know we obviously have the big reveal at the end of last episode uh about escobar but then just kind of him sitting on the bed looking all sinister and just he's like i need you like uh yeah just you know really great way to kind of set this episode up yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, then straight after the credits, we, we get into the reason why he needs them is that um, his wife's in the country and she needs surgery. And you get this whole kind of backstory, um, you know, that, that he's the kind of gang connections back in Colombia have kind of caused this, this issue. And she's ended up, um, you know, basically getting her, her breasts mutilated. And they kind of, you know, show them in all the graphic detail, which is pretty amazing i think one of the things i kind of don't buy with this is that i think if she was in that kind of you know situation um that you know she would be in tremendous pain even though she's on painkillers i think that it's kind of weird how she's just sitting there and yeah (laughs) it just feels to me like the way they've done it they've made it look really really brutal so you would expect her to kind of be um suffering maybe a little bit more but uh, we get this whole thing kind of play out and um, he offers them, you know, four hundred fifty thousand to do the surgery to, you know, reconstruct your breasts, and and they say no, which is interesting. You know, like this is this is quite an interesting evolution for these two characters because you know Escobar has been this this big threat for such a long time, and, and and basically, you know, Sean kind of calls it out that you know when what what is it that he says, or you know, basically when you when you left this dead body in my lounge or whatever it was, you know, says you you lost all power over me, and. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's it's quite chilling, really, that these two guys are suddenly they're not afraid at all anymore. And, and um, I, I really like how this whole thing, this dynamic between these two guys and Escobar, has has really changed now. Yeah, and it's it's great that you know they really do have the power, and it kind of you know it's similar to James in a way that we're saying sort of like the desperation. But I mean, the difference I think is that you know. Escobar still sort of remains in control, but, like, at the same time, you know, I just love the fact that his wife kind of, uh, you know, wears the pants in that relationship, that, like, you know, he's he's still kind of scared of her. Um, and what's still kind of, like, interesting is, like, I always remember when they sort of revealed this and watching this episode for the first time, and it's like, hey, he's got a wife, and it's like, well, hang on a minute, what about all those, like, women he was just having sex with, like, back, you know, in, like, season one? Um, but, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, really, I mean... Do you do we really feel that someone like Escobar is going to be you know faithful uh, in his industry and you know they're kind of gang drug bangers and all this sort of stuff so you know it's kind of just part of what they do but um, your favourite sort of uh, Japanese French you know <laughs> Muppets are there I'm um, just there but I really love the house like I kind of love that setting there where they're at the table and you kind of got that sort of the rest of the house you can see sort of with the bright lights and all that sort of stuff too like it's great and um, just I also am a huge fan of his wife. Uh, I just absolutely love her. Um, Dallas De Leon, uh, is her name. Um, and she's like a great actress and just really, you believe that she is kind of like this power kingpin woman in this sort of, uh, you know, relationship. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of just love it, the tension of it. And you're absolutely right. Just kind of the fact that it's kind of come full circle now. They've got the power. It's just basically like, you know, hey, we don't have to do this. You've got no, nothing to hold against us, but, 
obviously, we're going to find out that's not exactly true. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we're going to, you know, we're going to get into that going forwards. But uh, yeah, I think it's it, it's a pretty good way to kind of open up this this whole episode. And yeah, like you say, our my two favourite henchmen are there, and you know, looking like something out of Miami Vice, or they do kind of remind me a little bit of. I, Although they don't look like them, they remind me of you know those two um, twins with the blonde dreadlocks and the Matrix yes, um, yes. sequels. That kind of for some reason they just remind me of them. I don't know why, but um, yeah, it's it's just quite funny. These two kind of henchmen who never say anything. Well, don't say very much. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just quite interesting. They just kind of stand there. Um, yeah. So so anyway, this is this is kind of setting us up, and, and these guys say no, which is you know. Such such an interesting dynamic, really, when we think about how far these characters have come. But that kind of moves us into, um, you know, go straight into Michelle and Escobar. So you know, he's um, she, you know, she comes out and one of these two henchmen is uh, out the front of her car, so she knows what's waiting for her inside. Um, and yeah, so we get this whole thing basically that um, you know Escobar's there, and, and you know there's a, there's an order for kidneys, and, and she says no, and she says, oh, you know, I just can't do this anymore. You're going to have to kill me. Um, and yeah, I mean, you totally believe it as well, don't you? It's um, it's it's not like one of those things where you think she's bluffing just to get him off her, off her back. You know, he's um, yeah, he he doesn't have that power over her, and yeah, he's kind of saying that you know that she's a resource to him, and you know, he doesn't want to have to kill her because you know that's diminishing his resources. That's quite an interesting way of looking at it, really. And what I really like about this and kind of everything that we'll get in this episode is kind of. You know, we've just had the big reveal that Escobar sort of has been behind James and everything this season. And again, like as I said last episode, you can kind of maybe think that this is almost like a a cheap plot point to sort of bring in, you know, random excitement. But at the end of the day, like, they explain everything beautifully. They explain kind of how Escobar's been behind all this. Like, it's just, it doesn't feel random. It feels like this has been a thing that's happened the whole time around. So... I just, I really do love how they kind of do this and sort of he alludes to the fact that, you know, they've paid for medical school, her medical school and that she owes him. And then just, you know, the way he sort of like gets her and it's like, you know, I'm not like that old British hag, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not as forgiving as her, you know, you will do as I say. So yeah, it's just, it's just so great. And, um, you know, obviously kind of to date this slightly, uh, at the time of recording this, you know, I did have the pleasure of speaking to Robert Lasado only a few days ago. Obviously, the interview would have aired, you know, several months ago, and most people who are listening to this no doubt would have heard it. But, um, you know, it's interesting to kind of talk about what happens here to Escobar and kind of his opinion of it, because he necessarily wasn't too happy of the way they handled, um, you know, Escobar uh, and how they did this at the end. And, Nick, I know, obviously, you haven't heard this interview yet, so I'm kind of going to be spoiling it for you as well. But... um yeah, it's just, it's just, it's fascinating to kind of see his portrayal of this character working with Santa Lathan too, like just again talking up the acting in this show and just these scenes, just so tense and just everything. And just as you were saying at the beginning, just adds to how fast flowing this whole episode really is. Yeah, totally. And, and obviously the, the button on this little scene really is that, um, he says if she does the surgery on his wife, then, um, they'll, he'll consider them even, which is, you know, you can you can see the desperation in him that you know she's obviously not a plastic surgeon, she's got a little bit of expertise, but um, not really enough to be doing this kind of operation. So that kind of leads us nicely into the the next scene, which is Sean's you know supposed last surgery. Um, and yeah, you can kind of see that you know the, the staff, the kind of um, nurse Linda and Liz are, are, are pretty upset that this is Sean's last last ever surgery, and um, you know. Then Michelle comes in and she just wants to take notes and you know watch a, a professional action and blah 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 and so we obviously know the reason why all that's happening but um, yeah I think that this is this is quite a good scene as well um, 
yeah, I don't know if you wanted to kind of add anything to, to that scene. Uh, not really. I mean, the only thing I kind of will say just quickly while I remember is the one thing I really like sort of about Michelle in this episode is that, you know, she's done such a good job at kind of covering up all the little lies and kind of getting away with these things and doing these things behind like Christian and everyone's back and the way it kind of all unravels for her. Um, you know, it, it, I think kind of it's just an ongoing theme of this entire season, that level of desperation that sort of happens with so many of these characters and kind of how it all, you know, falls to pieces for them. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it's done in a believable way. I mean, you would have believed it last episode had James killed Michelle. Um, and, you know, you kind of also feel this episode that, um, you know, because I don't know around whether or not Sana Lathan had been announced that she was returning. Clearly, she was never going to return. So, I mean, I don't know if it was announced that, hey, this is what's happening. I think it was pretty well known that the show was moving forward to Los Angeles the following season. But I don't really know sort of at the time if this was kind of a thing that everyone knew Sana Lathan was leaving. And if they did, you know, you probably might expect she might be killed off. But um it's kind of it's just it's interesting how she kind of goes about this and how everything unravels for her and it's done in a believable way i feel kind of from this point on between her especially her and christian yeah i think so and um you know obviously that kind of takes into the next scene where christian and sure you know sean's trying to take the coffee machine and um christian's not keen on that but we kind of get this this whole discussion where sean talks about you know michelle was in there asking 20 questions about the surgery and you can start to see the cogs finally turning in christian's mind about putting two and two together and you know that something's not right here because yeah i kind of agree i mean obviously we've we've seen this episode so we can talk a little bit about what happens we won't get into too much detail here but um you know obviously we know things are not going to end well between michelle and and christian and um it happens really quickly you know because some of the stuff has been going on for a while and it's, it's interesting that christian's only now starting to really figure it out but once he once he figures it out um he really does figure it out quickly um yeah and and so, you know kind of christian you can see him starting to think this over takes us into this next scene where you know michelle and christian are there and and um he's starting to ask a few questions he's, he's not happy i think this is a really good scene between the two of them um it, you know kind of leads into michelle getting a phone call and she says oh do you want to follow me do you want to come with me type of thing you don't trust me um which of course he then does but you know he, at the time he declines it so yeah i think it's uh it's all really good stuff and kind of setting up where this is all going to end but i mean to me it feels a little bit abrupt i kind of wish we had a little bit more of it but um it, it's not a major complaint don't get me wrong I mean, yeah, I can see that for sure. I definitely think it is it does come along, but in a way, I just think it's believable. And I think kind of when we get to sort of this like montage scene that we will get, it kind of adds to it as well. Uh, I mean, again, Nip Tuck's never been a show that has been that good with kind of the passing of time. Um, so in a way, it's kind of, you know, more believable, I think, kind of what they do with it. But, um, yeah, it's just, again, we can, we always commend the acting. We, we very rarely can, you know, say the acting's terrible unless Jolly Richardson's on screen, but, um, no offense, Jolly. Um, but I think that when it comes down to like the acting here between Sana and uh, Julie McMahon, like again, we've always said the chemistry is there. You've obviously always said that, you know, Julie McMahon has chemistry with everyone. So kind of, there's never a problem. Um, but it just, it, again, just the, the sort of the tension and just the way that, you know, Christian is questioning her. Like it, it's done in a way that, yeah, can maybe be seen as slightly overbearing, but at the same time, he has every right to, I think. So, and just obviously the way she kind of plays off him and is just like, you know, oh, would you like to come with me if you don't believe me? So, um, yeah, obviously it's obviously setting this up really well for kind of what we're going to get. But, um, you know, just again, no complaints. And just props to, I want to point out to Christian's fantastic orange shirt. Um, <laughs> as always, uh, I want to look like that man. I think we should have, um, we should have done a ranking of, um, Christian's best fashion choices <laughs> over the course of this show. Cause yeah, I mean, 
as I've said before, he could be wearing a paper bag and, and um, pull it off. You know, he just wear a potato sack. He's perfect in basically yep. everything. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, yeah, so then we go, you know, Michelle's obviously at McNamara Troy and, and they're prepping Galagalato for the surgery. And you know, it's pretty clear that Michelle's nervous as all hell because, you know, she's got herself in too deep here. Um, which is pretty quickly followed by by Christian showing up, and then kind of all hell breaks loose from that point. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I really love the scene between um, Michelle and, and Christian, um, which is the kind of one you know just after the what would be the, I guess the ad break on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's kind of like grabbing her by the shoulders and yelling at her, and I think he you know he kind of plays that anger really well. And I just kind of want to go back a little bit again to one of the points I made earlier in the season that. Um, the kind of roughhousing that these guys do with women is, is just not something you would have gotten away with today. I think it, it's amazing how things have changed in 10 years, that this is just not something that you would have been able to get away with on a TV show today. At least I think so. Um, so it's really interesting to see how quickly things have changed. But, you know, we see a lot of anger from these two through the kind of the way they're quite happy to kind of roughhouse or manhandle women on the show. I just think that's an, it's an interesting kind of shorthand to explain the anger of these two guys. Yeah, which is, is kind of interesting, and I mean, that's a whole other kettle of fish getting into a conversation like that, because I, I never think that, with maybe a few exceptions, that Nip Tuck really does it at a level where it is like these two are abusive men, if you know what I mean. And I'm not trying to excuse it, but I think kind of there's elements to what we see that, you know, yeah, you're right, like today would be talked about, but... Yeah, that's a, that's another kettle of fish. Um, but one thing that I really notice a lot in kind of this viewing is the amount of POV shots we get in this episode and the real close-ups of the faces mm. in this episode. It's like, and I think it's done really, really well. Like, you know, as you kind of mentioned before, this is a Ryan Murphy-directed episode. He, you know, he always is going to do the finales. We've gone over that before. But it's just, it's so effective. Like, particularly when we kind of get the stuff with Escobar and just kind of looking at that face and... You know, we're going to get the list stuff kind of with the gun and just, you know, just everything along those lines. Just these POV shots are done so well and we kind of get a first taste of it here, really. And it's just, it's effective and just, it's just, you know, and like you mentioned, kind of, it does come along quite quickly, sort of this, you know, breakup between Michelle and Christian. But again, it's, it's done on a level that if you're in a relationship like this where you're, you know, putting everything on the line, you're marrying your partnership, just everything along this, if you've had someone lie to you that big you you would want to kind of break it up that quickly and just have that level of trust and the thing that's kind of interesting about it too that obviously christian's lying to michelle with the whole you know well, why is escobar after you as well what does he have over you so obviously you know there's a bit of a hypocrite nature there to christian but i think at the end of the day he's really done nothing at all to really dispel that trust because let's be honest can we just point out the fact that has Christian actually cheated on Michelle when they've officially been a couple? No. And, like, that's a first for Christian. Like, you know, even with Kimber, before he's about to get married to Kimber, he's off having sex with other people. So, you know, this is legitimately, like, for Christian, such a big deal the way he's kind of moved on with this. So, um, he's really done nothing to break her trust. So, even with her questioning him briefly, like, she's going to believe him because again there's nothing really that she's done whereas she's obviously had so many things going to break his trust so yeah it's a it's an effective powerful scene for sure and uh yeah it's, it's great yeah and i think you, you you hit on a really good point here because i think you know with with all the other relationships that have ended with christian he's certainly been you know at, at least partially if not mostly responsible for these things ending and this time around he's the one who's who's really been screwed over you know and so i think that that's quite an interesting dynamic that we've never really established before. Like, I think, 
you know, like Christian's all in with Michelle here, which is probably a dynamic we've never really seen with Christian before. You know, he's been in relationships, but even with Kimber, you know, I never felt like he was totally in it for forever, you know, even when he's, you know, been left at the altar. So I think this is really a first for the show and you get to see his kind of hurt and, and I think that's cool. It's it's a new way to kind of play the character and, and yeah, I, I do really enjoy watching that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, it's interesting to kind of think that because, I mean, really, if you kind of go over this season, just think with Christian in general, I mean, who has he slept with since Michelle? Like, I mean, even sort of when they were you know, off and on again, sort of through the whole Bert fiasco, like he was still fairly faithful. I'm trying to even think really. I mean, outside, I mean, there was obviously Dawn, you know, through that kind of, you know, thing with Rosie O'Donnell, uh, he was Brooke Shields, uh, the mother and daughter in the first episode, there was the stripper, um, in, uh, Blue Monday. Um, I'm just, I think, is that it? Uh, he slept with Kimber too, didn't he, this season? So, um, I mean, really, that's it. Like, this has kind of been a bit of a dry spell for Christian this season because he's been so faithful to Michelle. Yeah, totally. So I think that that's, you know, it's a really interesting way to kind of um, play this. And, you know, it's fun to kind of see something a little bit different. So, yeah, no, I, I really um, credit the show with, with that, and it is really good to see. Um, yeah, and so then we, we kind of get, you know, he calls Sean in to help, and we get the, you know, which was my line at the start about, you know, consenting to help as a favour type of thing, and, and Sean's really not happy about this. Um, yeah, and, and then we get all, kind of all the fun stuff of um, basically Liz turns up and, and Esker is there in full scrubs, um, you know, sitting sitting next to Gala, <laughs> and, um, you know, <laughs> he kind of, you know, makes some, some you know, remark to her and, and she makes him apologise. You know, it's all quite funny stuff, actually. Um, yeah, but, it, you know, it does all kind of rack up the tension quite a bit um, on this stuff. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know if there's anything you, you kind of want to add to, to that scene because, you know, there's a lot of kind of interesting stuff happening in it, I suppose. The only thing that I just want to add is I just love the subtle nature there that Robert Lasado does just, you know, when... He's got to apologise, and he kind of the way he wipes down the seat, um, like yeah. just before he, um, you know, gives the seat to Liz. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I just love the way that like Gal Gadot is like, "You say sorry to this woman," um, and just yeah. you know, and the way Escobar's kind of like doing like, you know, "I'm sorry about your kidney. I heard it went to somebody in the Saudi royal family, which is I think where they all go anyway." Um, just like you know, just that absolute cocky nature of Escobar that we love. But yeah, it's just it's again it's nothing to complain at all about any of what we're seeing on our screen. Yeah, and just the whole the tension of you know he's there watching in the scrubs, but also these two henchmen are there as well. And you know, I think it's um you know it is kind of all really really well played. It's um. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. You, you kind of can't not like this stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I kind of um, really like about this is, is just the kind of intensity that you never even see um, Escobar kind of um, looking anywhere but at his wife, you know, like, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting for this guy. It, it's not something that you're kind of used to. And, yeah, I just I really feel the tension on this scene, I must say. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is just what this episode is doing so well with everything, kind of, just the tension and just, you know, I mean, I went over it last week about how kind of, um, you know, last week was a very complete episode of Nip Tuck. I just, again, just on the finales, like, I mean, just really to this point again, it's, it's going to be hard when it comes to ranking finales because, you know, I think even this viewing has changed my opinion of where this will be overall of all these finales. Um, but, uh, yeah, just of how, how great these episodes really are. I mean, I really think kind of at the end of this, just even just a slight spoiler of where I'm going with this episode, that, you know, these first four finales are all going to end up being top ten episodes of Nip Tuck. 
yeah, yeah. I, it, it's hard not to um, not to think along that way. It's um, some really, really good stuff just the whole way through. And um, it actually kind of continues into this next scene, which is kind of a, a real juxtaposition on what we've just had, but we're going to cut to Sean and... He's at Matt's place and giving Matt, you know, a pretty massive um, check. Does he actually say how much it is, or is that something mm, that gets reflected on? Oh, maybe it gets mentioned later on next season. I can't remember. Yeah, I, know, I, know, I know it definitely gets it gets mentioned next season, but I don't think it is mentioned here. They just say, hey, no, we just, we just hear a lot of money, a lot of money. That's all we hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and... Um, Man, I just uh, this is one I am actually going to be arguing for a little bit when we talk about top five scenes, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, man, I just love the acting here, and and um, Dylan Walsh just knocks us out of the park. It's like him and that kind of um, you know that calm demeanor, and this is where I think he's best is not the the yelling and the angry Sean. It's this kind of you know, just really calm and and upset and you know unsure on what to do, Sean. I think he just plays this really really well, and I think. You know, just whatever the line he says to Matt, basically, where, um, you know, like, is he sure about, you know, who's him staying with Kimber? And it's all just really, really well played. But then the bit that I really, really like is kind of when, you know, Matt kind of goes away. And, you know, and to be fair, John Hensley is acting this really well, too, because he's just acting like this really defeated man. And he kind of goes away to get changed, and Sean's left with Kimber, and Sean kind of makes this comment about, you know, do you realise how much he loves you? And, it's just it's all just done so so well it's it's just it, yeah just the, the cadence and people's voices it's just yeah I, I can't say enough about how good i think the scene is yeah i mean i i wasn't necessarily thinking about it on the the reins of possibly being a top five but i mean i think you're selling it quite well i mean it's i'm nothing against this scene at all i agree with everything you're saying i mean you know the sort of the subtlety there with kelly carlson the way she's kind of you know like i'm trying and it's you know like the try hard a bit and just everything along those lines it's great um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of, cause like the thing that I kind of find interesting about this is, you know, Matt and Kimber really hasn't been a, a huge story this season. I mean, it's, it's new, but I mean, really it's only been there for about a quarter of the episodes. Um, but I mean, it's still kind of effective when we sort of see it. Um, and just, you know, it's, it is kind of a, a wedding, a, a pairing of convenience and kind of, it's never really been sold to us as this is true love. And that's kind of what I think this this needed like this is where i think it's kind of it's a subtle enough scene that you don't realize you need it but you do sort of need it and it's going to be interesting kind of with what happens between these two moving forward as to you know when when their daughter comes into it spoiler alert they have a girl um that you know how that will affect sort of things moving forward and kind of particularly with matt moving forward so um yeah i mean it's it is a it's a very important scene uh i mean i i will definitely you know have the discussion about kind of this being a top five and i think kind of we're really going to struggle for top five this season because my lord we're going to have a lot to go through i think next week yeah and i i think as well as that um my kind of sweet spot for uh, for the show is these really kind of tender acting character moments. Um, I'm not always the one that's going to absolutely love the um, the big dramatic scene where you know, like whether it's a surgery scene or guns come out. You know, that's not really what I love about the show. What I love about the show is the characters and how they interact with each other. And you know, when I see some really good acting going on here, and um, this is what I'm seeing here. And you know, I just I just think there's so many layers to it. You know, like kind of when Kimber's doing this kind of cheeky like you know, oh, you're going to go and find yourself a hot little actress in, in L.A., and she kind of, almost in like a bit of a flirting way, and Sean just is like, just deadpans there, and it's like, you know, do you know how much he, you know you mean to him? And, you know, it's just, it's all just done so well, and, um, oh, yeah, I mean, Dylan Walsh, my, my hat's off to you. I think it's just, 
it's yeah just a, a pleasure to watch an absolute pleasure to watch but uh, yeah i'm sure we can we can talk more about this um and as you say it's it's not a major storyline um in this season but i think it's been enough that that this is a satisfying way to kind of leave the story before we kind of head back to it it, it is it is a lot of fun and and um I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of talking about where that one goes in season five, but uh, we can then head back over to you know Gala. We're post surgery here, and um, Liz is there checking on her, and, and you know she makes a comment that you know uh, uh, thank you because I'm you know I'm aware that you could have just so easily have killed me by giving me too many drugs or, or whatever, and it's a it's a good little reminder. You know Liz kind of goes into what she's been through. Um, and you know, I think that that's it's something that you might have forgotten if you if you're not watching this as kind of intensely as we are. You now that Liz has gone through a lot of stuff, and I think we kind of get this in, in this scene. Yeah, and I think kind of one thing I wanted to backtrack quickly because I forgot to mention too that again, just the bookends and kind of the way they kind of you know move this through back from season one is basically how she's been brutalized. It's through what was it, Antonio Ramos, like, and we remember that obviously from the first season. Uh, that it was her brothers that kind of did this. So, like, again, like, they could have easily just written this as to, like, oh, I pissed off, like, this person and this happened. Like, the fact they still tie it in, you know, it's, it's very well written that, that Ryan Murphy's kind of come around with this. But, um, yeah, and it's I think it's great that they do this with Liz, too. Like, I agree with you. It's like she's been through a lot, like, you know, even well back into the first season of getting shot, you know, something that kind of was just there briefly but, you know, still there. And right through to kind of getting this this kidney done, um, and it's it's sort of like when we we find out um, sort of why her kidney was taken as kind of punishment, um, you know, sort of through Michelle. Like again, it's just so well well done and believable that you kind of you know everything that's happening with this. So um, and I, I love this scene. I just love the you know Roma Mafia kind of her acting and sort of just you know what she's bringing to this scene and sort of you know just talking up you know obviously before how much I love the Galado character with Adalas de Leon. I just love saying that name. Um, that this is just you know such a great scene. So yeah, this again, just nothing hating, hateful about this episode at all. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, well, not yet anyway, but uh, um, yeah, I think it, it is good stuff. And um, one of the things I, I kind of just really like about this is you kind of get the fact that um, Escobar's kind of hurt everybody here, you know, including his wife and maybe even especially his wife. So yeah, I think that that's um, you know it's a really important point to make as we kind of get back into this this Escobar stuff to finish off the season but um we come up to us to a scene that i'm actually not crazy about which is the the um the the christian michelle sex scene where they're trying to get information out of each other it's yeah i'm I'm not crazy about it i mean it's not the worst thing in the world but um i certainly um yeah i i could have i could have done without it i guess it's just an interesting scene i mean it's kind of i think this is really the death of their relationship you know i mean like if christian's having shit sex and he's kind of using it purely for information purposes there's something wrong in the relationship you know what i mean so i think kind of that it, it sells that part of it well but i mean you know like yeah it's kind of it's it's an interesting sort of way they do it um and yeah because i mean at the end of the day michelle and christian don't have bad sex so um yeah i mean it's not the standout scene from the episode um you know i don't absolutely like hate it i guess but um yeah uh, I, I still, I mean, it, it serves its purpose, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, which is a, a kind of a weird way of putting it, but yeah, I think you, you're kind of right, it serves, serves a purpose. Um, yeah, and then we kind of get back into, you know, Escobar's back there, I like this, this kind of scene opens with one of these henchmen, like, rubbing <laughs> stuff onto his hand or whatever, it's kind of weird, eh? It's like, oh, that smells nice. Just like, kind of, kind I love of it. odd. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's the, the big unveiling, you know, Escobar, you can't wait for this. And um, dressed in kind of this black suit, it's, um, yeah, it's good stuff. I kind of like it. You've got this the little white guy in the black suit with these two Asian guys in the white suits. It's all quite well done. I, I quite like that. Um, and um, Liz pulls a gun um, on, on Escobar, which is not something I saw coming. Um, potentially a little bit out of character. It's not really something I would expect of Liz, but... Um, you can certainly understand the motivation, you know, like she's almost died at the hands of this guy. So it, it's not a huge surprise. Um, she ends up putting, you know, being talked talk down from it and um, Gala, you know, takes the gun. And, um, you know, Esther was very smug for a moment there that uh, he's managed to, to get away with this one. And um, then Gala shoots him and shoots him in the head. And, and that's the end of Escobar. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty pretty good ending, I think, for this villain that um, he gets taken out by his wife um, who... You know, then basically talks us to henchmen to being her henchmen and le- leaves the doctors with the body. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we we'll probably need to stop and, and talk there because I could probably talk about this scene all day and, and I'm sure you've got plenty you want to say as well. I, I mean, first of all, yeah, I'm with you. I love the kind of little subtle little bits here with the two henchmen and just kind of how they're playing it there. And uh, what does Escobar say? Like, you both smell like panty liners or something like that. And I kind of like the bit with that one guy just, like, smells it. He passes his hand over to the other guy and he just pushes his hand away. But then he still, like, sniffs his hand. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it smells all right. Um, it's just kind of like the way he does that. It always makes me laugh. But, I mean, there's so much to this that you just don't expect like you're right you don't expect Liz to do this it is out of character but again I think it just borders down to once I've said a few times desperation um again these POV shots are great there's kind of that really close up of Escobar where I don't know if it's meant to be a tear or if it's meant to be like a bit of sweat um but you just see this like drop of liquid go down sort of his eye um yeah. which is just it's it's sort of it's really kind of you know he's scared but he's obviously like you know keeping it you know, trying to keep it together. Um, and then just, yeah, the shock nature of, like, I, again, I remember watching this episode not expecting Liz to freaking, you know, do this, and then all of a sudden for his wife to just shoot him in the head, and then bang, that's it, Escobar's gone, his henchmen sort of come running in, and it's just like, well, do you want to work for me, or do you want to work for a dead guy? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just it's just tense, it's great, um, just, I love it. It's just so, it just, it's such a, perfect way for Escobar I think to go out and it was interesting kind of in the you know the Robert Lozado interview where he he was he didn't like this ending he wanted sort of it to always be left open-ended for for Escobar to return and you know spoiler alert he returns in a you know dream sequence in season six which obviously I forgot in that uh Robin interview but um I think kind of I disagree with that I I feel that like this is a perfect way for him to go out because again you you just risk it being too much like you risk it you know, being overbearing with him always coming back. Like, as much as we love him, we might, as much as it's great whenever he does come back, like, you don't want it to be too much. So, I kind of feel this is the perfect way for him to go out. And I just kind of, again, I love Gala Gala, her, like, you know, the, the whole, um, just her arc and just everything about her. So, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you necessarily think this is the best way for him to go out, but I, I think it really is the best way for him to kind of go out. I, I think because we're moving away from from Florida, I think that it's it's appropriate that we we kind of end this character. I don't think we needed him to follow them to to LA. Um, yeah, I kind of have absolutely no problems with an ending this way. I think that it's appropriate. You know, at the end of the day, um, this this is a this is a medical show. It actually doesn't need a big. Although I've really really enjoyed this character, like totally enjoyed this character. I don't think we need a gangster following them around. It's not that kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worked 
storylines work, but it's not that kind of show that you need that all the time. So I'm totally satisfied with where this ends. I think we've had enough Escobar. I wouldn't want him to kind of disappear and then come back a third time. You know, I'm not sure that that's something that the show really needs. It would, you know, it's going to get a, a wee bit soap opera going forwards, and I'm not sure we needed more of that. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally happy with it. And um, what I'm even more happy with is that, you know, we started this big, long storyline with, with Escobar, you know, episode one of season one, um, of him killing somebody, um, you know, in, in the in their clinic in their operating room, and them having to get rid of the body by you know taping hams up to it and taking it down for the alligators to eat it, and um, he's going to have the exact same fate that they replay that scene more or less with with yeah. Escobar, and um, I mean that's just so fun. It's just an awesome little callback. I mean, even the song, it's like something about I'll take you back or something. You know, like it, just even the wording of the song is is really tipping the hat that. This is a real callback to what happened in the in the pilot episode. So, if you're really looking for a booking potentially on these four seasons, then you know they make it very very obvious for you. And yeah, you, you've got to love it. And I kind of even think that like the opening line from Liz when they're standing there watching the alligator. I think even that's the same line that is said in the pilot. Um, and just kind of that that moment when obviously um, you know they're at the the counter and that girl's kind of like looking at them and you know Christian's like oh did you get the twine oh there's a twine yep <laughs> they're just kind of like yeah. smiling and just everything along those lines and um, yeah I just you know there's no other way I think they could have done this I just think it was so great they sort of the way they do this with it so um, yeah I mean again no complaints at all with this it's just perfect and again this is kind of to my point I think that you would almost be okay with this being the finale of Nip Tuck, like the absolute end of the show. I think kind of, even when we're going to get to this ending in a second with them sort of, you know, going to Hollywood, I even think that's an ending. Like, you can just end a show like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think they're kind of, if you really hate season five and season six, which I know a lot of people do, um, that, you know, just end it here. Like, you can have this as a perfectly ended show. And, I, I maybe think that, and again, we'll talk a lot about season five and six still to come, but I think that had this ended in this episode, that it might very well be more regarded to this day, because a lot of people still do talk about Nip Tuck as a show that did go on a little bit too long, which is interesting for a show that went on six seasons, um, and that's really not that much by, by American TV standards. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of... it's. I think this would have been, and kind of just with scenes like this that we're seeing it would have been a, a good series finale for, for a show. Yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. I think this is um, a really good way that you could have ended this. It, everything's kind of tied up in a nice little bow here at the end. There isn't really anything that's kind of, oh, God, I need to come back and find out what's happening here. Um, so, yeah, you totally could. And I think, you know, I think there's an argument to be said that the the, the, the best and correct way to watch Nip Tuck is to stop at season four. Um, you know, <laughs> like if you really want to um, enjoy the show for what it is, that probably your appreciation for the show is only going to go down if you keep watching after that point. Which, so, I'm yeah. we can talk going forwards. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made there. I, I still think that there's probably a bit of fun to be had, especially. Oh, I agree, definitely. Five. Like, I, that's my thing. Like, there's still a lot of fun, particularly with that first sort of 14 episode run of season five and maybe a couple of shining lights, you know, second half of season five and maybe like one in season six. But like, you know, there's still a few bits to enjoy from this show. It doesn't completely die. Uh, cause I mean, I, I will defend a lot of, you know, parts of season five because I think that it's just, it's fun. It's just, it's ridiculously fun and outlandishly fun. 
but I also think that kind of it does lose kind of some of what is nip tuck, um, and that it does skew into the too much fun at some points, which works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so um, I mean, it'd be fun to talk about that going forwards for sure. But um, yeah, I think um, we probably need to talk about how this all ends anyway, because there's still a couple of, of um, important scenes to kind of finish off on here. And the next one is obviously Sean in in LA um, at this. Um, what, what is it? It's like this big clinic, basically, where all they do is um, tip jobs and and you know work for celebrities and you know the guy interviewing him basically says oh with your credentials you could have my job and you know Sean talking about he wants to kind of downgrade his commitments and have a bit of an easier life and um, basically gets offered the job on the spot I'm not sure there's too much more to the scene but it's it's that really important scene that you need to kind of establish that that Sean's gone you know like he's definitely got this job in LA and um, there's no going back now yeah which is you know if you're watching this and you didn't know that the show was going to be moving to another location that um you know, it's kind of, this is the part where it's kind of real, but I mean, I guess at the same time, did we really think he was going to leave and join the frickin' FBI? So, um, you know, there is that. I mean, difference is this is done in a finale as opposed to, you know, a, a mid-season bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it's interesting that this is what the type of work he's going to do over in, in Hollywood, but, uh, you know, it's just, that's kind of where he's going. It's Sean, he's always ever the noble one, so I guess that's kind of where he's going to at least try and start. Yes, yeah, totally. And, um, then we get this uh, this kind of long-ranging montage, which is these guys basically lip-syncing to the song Brighter Disconnect by the Submarines. I've never heard it before. Um, but, you know, basically just this is the montage which kind of shows where everybody is at at this point in the story. So you kind of get Sean in L.A. with his TV dinner and, you know, the, the kind of... Um, you know unhappiness that's that's kind of um there with michelle and, and christian now and liz and matt and you know so it's kind of just like a, a shorthand way of kind of reminding everybody where this is at um what do you make of all this the first time i saw this i absolutely hated it i was like what the hell is this like this is just ridiculous um but I am the complete, absolute opposite now. I absolutely fucking love this. And this would be my one that I would argue be in the conversation. I know you're probably going to completely disagree with me. So I'm assuming you probably hate this too. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But I just, I just love this. I just think this is such a great way to kind of bookend this. And it's, it's just, it's so over the top nip tuck. It's just, it's just fun. There's just something about it that just works. The lyrics of this song, like it's such a great song. Um, and it's just the way it kind of works and just, this is the last time we'll ever see Michelle, um, you know, just the, the Matt and kind of Kimber stuff, even sort of with Liz in this. Um, I mean, it just, it's just something about this. It just perfectly sums up this, this season and this whole, you know, first four seasons of Nip Tuck that ultimately is going to lead in kind of to, you know, this, this bit sort of at the end when then ultimately that will end with how it does. But I just love it. I love it so much. It's just, it's different. It's so unique. And it's just, it's one of these things that I think really stands out. And my argument for this possibly being a top five moment, which I honestly think it will not be, because I think we've just got some such other great moments of this season. I just think this is maybe one of the most memorable scenes you will ever have in Nip Tuck. You know, we, we, we talked about that sort of with like the paper bag scene and kind of some of the other scenes we've had, but like, this is just like a scene that you remember. You remember like, hey, remember that episode when they all lip sync to a song? Um, I just feel that it's just so memorable. So that would be my argument on the fact that it just, it, it sells this season. It kind of summarizes everything. It wraps everything up and it leaves it at a perfect place moving forward. And again, this would be such a fun way to end this show. 
um, of, you know, uh, if this did end at season four. So, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. This is a scene that I will literally look up on YouTube sometimes just to watch this scene on YouTube because it's on there. Um, because I just, I just love this scene so much. Well, I can tell you that uh, this this uh, scene is, is going to be in the top five um, over my dead body. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> um, yeah, no, this this isn't this isn't for me. I think, um, and you could have probably have guessed that. Um, but I, I like the idea behind it of this kind of montage of, of where all these characters are at in the story. I think that's a really good idea. Um, I don't hate the song. Um, the two things I hate is I just don't enjoy the lip syncing. It just, it's a bit silly for me. I just, I think the scene would have been way more effective if we had, um, basically just had these guys doing what they're doing without the lip syncing. And I also, I hate the breaking of the fourth wall, you know, that these guys are looking at the camera. Oh, I don't. I, I love it. Well, I think, I think it would be fine if we had an established kind of, you know, if this was like a, um, house of cards where, you know, you did break the fourth wall and people talked to the audience and then looked at the audience and, but it, it's not that show. This isn't what this is. And to have it all of a sudden just there, it's just so jarring to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can, I, look, I can totally understand why you enjoy it. I mean, uh, or why anybody would enjoy it is, is my point. You know, like I do see, um, what's there to be liked and um you know like I, I don't mind the idea behind it i just think the execution of some of that stuff is just it's too corny for me even even for nip tuck so um yeah that, that's kind of where i come down on this one i guess oh boo well you suck you're not having that other scene in the top five then <laughs> hey you got you got me um you got me over there with with connor mcnamara 2026 but um <laughs> I can go but uh yes yeah, so obviously you know the song kind of ends abruptly and then we're into sean um, in this kind of fun little scene, um, which is him, you know, doing his first suit. Well, we assume the first surgery, and it's a grey scrubs. I'm all beige scrubs. <laughs> the color you, might have. Um, you know, doing the surgery, um, and you know, we get this, this this kind of like cute scene of this this med student who's like terrified out of his mind, but he's so excited to be working with Sean. And um, all of a sudden, you know, like out of nowhere, Christian arrives there, and he's there, and and sends the med student out to. Um, you know, to to go and um, park his car and wash his car or whatever. Um, yeah, no, it, it's a fun little scene. I do really enjoy this. And um, then I do love the, um, the Donald Trump uh, kind of reference to, you know, LA's a shithole, um, as, um, as Christian Troy will say, you know, and, and his, his words, it's a shithole. And, you know, they really need to make something of this town. So, you know, why don't they go back into business in LA, which um, basically kind of sets us up for, for where we're going next. And... Again, just absolutely love the way this ends. That kind of leads into it. We get the cool and the gang, Hollywood swinging. We get just this like bit of them like in front of the Hollywood sign. Again, it's so freaking cheesy, but I just I don't know. I just love it. It's just so Ryan Murphy for him to kind of do something like this. And it's just I think it kind of just it sets us up because like I think it's what this does so well. Because I mean, again, you're really not getting Nip Tuck again for basically 12 months on screen. Like it basically had a year after we saw, you know, them moving to Los Angeles. And I remember that wait. I I thoroughly remember that. And just like, fuck, when is it coming on? Because it really made it so exciting to kind of um to look forward to this the way they ended this. And I think it kind of it sets it up well that you, as I said before, you get some really fun episodes in season five. Um, so. Yeah, I just, I just love it. I just love the way they're there with their sunglasses, you know, having a bit of a laugh on the Hollywood sign and Hollywood swings. It's just a perfect song. It reminds me so much of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, but, um, yeah, it's just such a great, great ending to this season that, uh, just, you know, God, this season is great. 
yeah and i um it's kind of funny because you know having watched this so many years ago now and um i was really interested to see if that final scene was actually something that do i remember that was that actually on the show or was it just like this kind of this teaser for where we were going next which actually wasn't on the show you know it was just like a stinger that they had on the ad you know for the next season and so i was so stoked when it when it definitely was part of this episode and yeah it does get you excited i think they kind of leave it um you know, like as you say, you could end up this and not not continue watching. But I think that just that that little stinger of like, oh, this could be there could be some interesting storylines come out of these guys moving to LA, and you know, because I think it's quite a hard thing that we've talked about. You know, Florida has been maybe not so much in the in season three and four, but definitely in those first couple of seasons, a really active part of where the show's at, and um and now it's gone, and and a lot of the things that we're that we're losing, you know, even kind of Sean's house and Christian's house, which we lost a couple of episodes ago, and you know the familiar settings are all going to be gone now, and you know that's a little bit scary, but it's also quite fun that we're going to get to explore something new, and I think they kind of just encapsulate all of that in these kind of like helicopter shots of them on the Hollywood sign. I think it's, it's just done really, really well and just such brilliant shorthand to explain, uh, you know, where we go next. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I love, I love the way they end this. It's kind of, it, it's a perfect ending and it's also in a strange way, a kind of a little bit of a cliffhanger and in, in, in an odd way too. So yep, it, it all works for me. Which the thing too, which, um, I will say, maybe we can talk a little bit about this next week, is just season five, like, as much as we just said, we would be fine with the show ending right now, uh, I think there was no better promoted season than season five, just through the, the teasers and just everything they did for season five, and if we can find them, if they're still on YouTube, uh, just look them up, we'll see if we can put them on our um, posts and everything, because... You know, as I said, there was basically a 12 month wait and just the promotion that they did. They kind of did these shots of them, like, you know, sort of looking after like a fallen angel and just, it was just so cleverly done. They did a, um, a great cover of Chris Isaac's, um, I don't want to fall in love. And it just, it really made you want to watch. It. And I think I actually have, if I can track it down somewhere on my computer, uh, the actual press kit for season five, which I don't know how I got my hands on. It was like a digital copy of it, kind of with all the bios and just, you know, everything talking about moving into season five. So, um, yeah, uh, as much as, you know, season five is, is regarded as kind of the, the real jump the shark season for this show. Um, I think that it's just well promoted and there's just, this really sets it up into what we're going to get with just some really campy fun stuff that is just, you know, memorable, memorable stuff before we really get to the shit stuff. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into, I think, the first half of season five anyway. I think that that's, um, you know, that's definitely going to be some fun. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see exactly where that fall off moment is because it does kind of feel like we're about to start. We're, you and I are about to get in the front seat of that car, drive towards the cliff. We know the cliff's coming, but at what point do we actually tumble off the cliff and, um, you, you know, kind of head over it? Um, you know, I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but um, I'm looking forward to finding out when that will be and uh, just try and enjoy the ride as much as possible. But um, I've certainly enjoyed the, the ride that we've had so far. Um, and so I think all that's left to do is, is kind of um, rate this episode. And um, I, I guess I'm on not really on tender hooks because I think I know where you're going, but I'm definitely going to let you go last because I think there's <laughs> you know, a lot, lot riding on your one. Um, but um, for me, it's it's a buy. Um, I mean, apart from the, the, the lip syncing, which I'm not huge on, everything else in this episode is lots of fun. It kind of just ticks along um, and ticks a lot of boxes for me. It kind of closes off the storyline really, really well. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really really stoked. It's a good capper on what's been a great season, so it's an easy one for me to buy here, and um, I'm really pleased to have gone through this with with no no bins and hardly any rents. It's it's been a really really strong season for me, and, and I'm happy that it's ended well too. Well, I'm definitely binning this episode then to break the trend. <laughs> Shit, it's terrible. Um, yeah, no, well, absolute buy. So, I mean, I've just, the perfect run of buys is that this is the first on the Oz Network. We've never gone through a season of one of our shows that we're covering with a perfect string of buys. So, um, I got close on season two of Third Watch, but there were two rentits on, um, Third Watch that I did on season two. Um, which would just be so fascinating, really, to kind of, you know, cause I mean, ugh, Overall, I would probably still say that season two or third watch is a better season than this, just to watch. But at the same time, season two or third watch has, I think, like seven more episodes. So, you know, um, you sort of work out the percentages there and everything and the, the strike rate and whatever. But, um, yeah, I never, like, as much as I love this season and defended it and everything along those lines, I didn't go into this assuming that this would happen. Um, as I said, I think last week or the week before, I, you know, would have thought that maybe I would have done this on season two of how much I talk up season two, but, uh, it surprised me. It's, it surprised me this, and it's even surprised me kind of in ranking this episode because, um, I believe even last season I said that, you know, I was defending the finale of season three saying that, you know, to me it's maybe the, you know, the third best finale. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to rank this finale ahead of last season's and I'm going to put this up at number five as in terms of the fifth best episode so far after 59 episodes. Uh, which means that now looking at my top 10, I have, uh, half of it as season four episodes. So, um, and all of the, the finales of each of the seasons are in the top 10 right now. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, I've, I've bought every single one of them. The five of them have ended up in the top 10 and really none of these will move that much. Um, you know, judging on the episodes that we're going to get moving forward. So, um, you know, maybe if one or two perhaps, but, yeah, perfect season. All buy it's from me, and and that's I think two from the last season as well. Yes, yeah, so I'm on a what a seventeen buy streak right now on Nip Tuck. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, I think when we do the wrap up episode next time round, um, you know, I'm going to have some some theories about why this why you've ended up doing this, um, and and why potentially people don't realise this is such a good season. But um, we'll get there when we get there. It's um it's been a lot of fun to talk about, but um. You know, I'm looking forward to talking about that wrap up. Looking forward to to season five, but um, yeah, it, it's been great to, to to go through this this final episode. Um, and so I guess all there's left to do is is um thank the listeners. We really really appreciate um you being with us here and and um, listening to our our ramblings about this this awesome season. Um, you know, make sure you you're following us on all the the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and and all the rest of it. Um, you know, feel free to um, rate us on iTunes. We always really, really appreciate that. But um, you know, until we come back with that wrap-up episode, it's uh, it's been great fun. Look forward to uh, talking more about it then. But um, I'm Nick, and um, it's quieter than an ant's fart in here. <laughs> and my name is Ben, and I make love like an adolescent bull. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.